Welcome to another episode of the That Sounds Fun podcast. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I am so happy to be here with you today. Um, First of all, I'd like to say thank you for all of your Twitter and Instagram condolences over literally all my football teams losing. Last week, the Georgia Bulldogs losing the national championship, the Atlanta Falcons losing a playoff game, as well as the Tennessee Titans losing a playoff game. For a girl who loves sports, you guys, that was a serious week. It was quite a serious week. So thank you for all your thoughts. I am really grateful. And luckily, it is just sports. But I still love it, and it means a lot to me. So, um, man, what a week. Hey, I love, love, love seeing your responses to our two rhythms we've already talked about so far in 2018. Journaling with Nicole Nordeman and Sabbath with John Mark Homer. The response to those two episodes has been so, so fun. I'm grateful that y'all are kind of digging into what it would look like to add some new rhythms to your life. Hey, speaking of rhythm, in the background is our buddy Dave Barnes with some music from his new album. He's got a couple of EPs out, so make sure you check those out. I absolutely love them. Today on the show, I have one of my dear friends here to talk to us about another rhythm that I think is really important, something I'm trying to work on and address in 2018 is not necessarily dieting or eating differently or giving giving space for eating really low this and high that, but more what does it look like to make sure I'm eating foods well and eating in a healthy way. And so I called my friend Simone Kigweba, who is a former chef at Burger Up at Josephine's, some of the best restaurants here in Nashville, but now a chef to the stars. He does private events, all sorts of different meals for people. And he is just one of the most brilliant chefs I get to be friends with. And so I wanted to bring him on the show to talk about what does it look like to invite this rhythm into our lives? And I think we take a couple of twists and turns that I wasn't expecting, and I think you're really going to enjoy hearing from him. So without any more delay, here is my friend, Chef Simone Kigweba. Simone, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Pleasure to be here with you. It's going to be so fun. I've never had, oh, that's not true. I did have one celebrity chef. I had Danielle Walker from Against All Grain, cookbook writer. Love her. So for people who are wanting to know more about this particular rhythm, they can also go back and listen to Danielle's episode. But you're my first male chef on the show. Love that. I know. Representing the male populace of That's the right. World. That's right. Who like to be in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Simone, I need to clear up something from the start before we even dig into this that I think you know about me, but it's a true confession. <laughs> I don't love cooking. Okay. So That's, yeah. two things. One, being raised in the Southern Christian culture, there was this... Um, all good women should be cooking, (laughs) right? And that is not true. That is not true. You do not have to love cooking to be a good woman. No. Or a good man. Or, yeah. For that matter. That does not make you a better Christian or a better human to love cooking. No. So what I don't want us to do, and you and I are neighbors, real life friends, and we talked about this a little bit on when we carpooled to the studio. Carpooled. This isn't a rhythm we talk about dieting or it's eat healthy for the new year. That's not... (laughs) That's not why you're here. I think what you are the expert at, as you are, I mean, chef to the stars in Nashville, doing <laughs> private parties, worked at, have done so many incredibly good meals that I know on the internet, including for our friends at She Reads Truth and He yep. Reads Truth. You mm-hmm. do meals for them a lot. Um, and you've worked at restaurants. I kind of more want you to talk to us about how to eat well 
not necessarily eating low carb, low this, low that, high this, high that, but like there's just got to be a better way than Chick-fil-A every day. Well, yes. Or maybe there's not. Well, I mean, you know, on the off chance that you like want Chick-fil-A, maybe you go do it like once a quarter. <laughs> once a quarter. Some of the moms down here that are listening are like, we try to go once a week. It's so good. Once a quarter. Okay, right. you're going to get us there. You're going to convince we'll, me why. We'll, if we'll at the end of this podcast, people agree that they would only want to go to Chick-fil-A once a quarter, you have succeeded. That is Christian definitely. chicken. Or, is- or if it's just like, I give one, like, this is all you need to do to make the perfect chicken, and it's like really quick, then hopefully... We'll get there where it's like, okay, Chick-fil-A is what we do once a quarter as a treat. Because I make chicken just as good at my house. Bam. Do you make chicken just as good at your house? My wife would say I make pretty good chicken. Um, I think I make pretty good chicken at home. That's one of the good things we share is we've both lived with your wife. Yes. <laughs> she was my roommate for a few years. She's yours. And now she's now your she's roommate. my forever roommate. <laughs> That's right. Okay, back me up a little bit. You did not set out to be a chef. No, no. That was, was not what you was studied funny. in college. And uh, In college and going forward, I I wanted to teach. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, loved learning and like the educational process and thought teaching was going to lead me into the ministry, youth oh, ministry. Oh, cool. Um, way back in the day. And you went to Arkansas. Went University. to the University of Arkansas. Man, is football just heartbreaking for you right now? We can't even talk about it. Okay. It's, it's like, Me too. The dogs. Well, Me too. But you're on like the better side. Like, yeah, we don't true. have hope. And at least the Bulldogs, like you were there. Yeah. You were there. You were actually there. I was there. And uh, Atlanta was wild, but... Um, how did y'all get to go that game? We'll go back to how you ended up... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't forgotten where we are. But how did you and Laura end up getting to go to the national championship game? So... It happened, like, by her mom was just like, we should all go. Uh-huh. And I was like, really? Like, you're going to go, <laughs> you're really going to go to Atlanta? Yeah. And she's, you know, she went to Georgia. Yep. That's what Bulldogs do. That's right. Just we go. in it together. And yeah. They, uh, they went, but she actually ended up going to the game with her mother. And I stayed behind because I went to the University of Arkansas. I don't have a dog in the fight. I thought you were fight. in Atlanta, though. <laughs> Literally, you don't have a dog in the fight, except your wife. <laughs> except my wife. Don't have a dog in the fight. Yikes, dad jokes. Um, oh, you didn't even go to Atlanta. I didn't. went to Atlanta, did not go to the game. Okay. In Atlanta, did you cook food for someone? I thought I saw a picture of you chefing. Did I cook food for anyone? Uh, it- no, 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 no. That was, that was before, but um, in Atlanta, I simply just went there to go to the little like college game day experience, yes. you know, in the morning. Yes. And then said my piece, and I actually watched the game at a friend's house, Got mutual it. friend's house, out in Marietta. Yep. And then they Big went. ups to my hometown, Marietta. Marietta, yep. Um, this is why the internet lies to us, because here's the story I'd written in my head. When I saw your pictures on Instagram and Laura's pictures on Instagram, I thought, someone hired Simone to come down and do a game day tailgate and oh, gave them yeah, tickets. Yes. <laughs> That's that what would I'd be, done. <laughs> that would be... A dream, but no. That's what I had done in my head. So um, thank you, Instagram, for helping us write the, stories that are not true. The lies the Instagram day. just like writes. Um, no, it was a lot more simpler. Like, yes. A lot less work than that. A lot less work. Yeah. Um, even though it would have been great to do a game day tailgate. Yeah. I mean, that would have been wild. Yeah, no kidding. Have you made a tailgate before? Has anybody ever brought you in to do a tailgate? I've never done a tailgate. I've done 
numerous other things, but never a tailgate. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. I bet this fu- next fall. Next fall. Next fall. I'm Knock doing on it. Wood. We're going to do it. Okay, so back it up. You're at University of Arkansas. University You're studying of Arkansas, education? Studying economics. Um, okay. Wanted to teach. And then, like, for gas money, just picked up a job at a local restaurant. Like a non-chain local to yeah, yeah. Benton? Is that where Bentonville? Uh, it's in Fayetteville. Fayetteville, okay. And so started working at this like farm-to-table place. Um, it's called the Greenhouse Grill. Still okay. there in we'll Fayetteville, look it up. Arkansas. Look it up. Maggie, our, our detective Maggie puts links in the blog post, so she'll tell everybody and the link. That's where it started. And then so every fall at the house I lived in, we'd have like a fall festival uh-huh. where the guys would – uh, get dates. Okay. We'd actually clean up the house. <laughs> the one time I'm sure it was like ever actually cleaned. Yep. For the whole like year. And then we would create a meal. And it was the first time where like, I think I did like a crown roast of pork. And is that when it sides. looks like a crown in a circle? Exactly. Okay. Like the cartoon with the yeah, little yeah, yeah. things on top of the bones. Um, I did that and. Love the experience of just like cooking for people I enjoyed to be around, and that is still one of those memories that I'm like, oh wow, I like I remember it vividly. It was an experience that I loved and enjoyed the process. What year is this in school for you? Is this junior year? It's junior okay. year, and so I'd been working at Greenhouse Grill, doing um, like random cooking for friends okay. on the side, and then and greenhouse grill is farm to table, and it's like American food, or it's yeah, okay. it's American food. Okay, and then um, they work with like local Arkansas farmers and all that good stuff. Go to the farmers market and started learning about food and the process of like cooking properly for yourself. Bought a knife for the first time, and it was truly like the turning point where. It, I was like, oh, this is becoming more of a more of a dream for me. Maybe mm. maybe like a maybe a craft where oh, it's wow. it's bringing something up in me that I didn't realize was there. Oh wow wow wow! And I can That's remember beautiful. I can remember um, reading like maybe the French Laundry, which is a mm-hmm. for you for you like listen cookbook geeks out there. It's like one of the cookbooks you should have in your library. I remember reading And it it's a the, restaurant in Napa. And it's a restaurant that in Napa. That is the most incredibly Is that the most expensive meal in no, the US? No, I think his I think his uh sister restaurant in New York per oh, se. Yeah. Might be a little more expensive. Yeah. But I know that like per se and a couple of those other ones where like some of the people who worked for Thomas Keller mm-hmm. have like gone off and have if not like just expensive more expensive restaurants yeah. than uh, so did you just, just pick the up place. the cookbook randomly? Yeah. I, I remember watching like those old PBS specials yeah. about like cooking and hearing Thomas Keller, um, hearing Emma Lagasse, hearing uh, Joel Robichon, hearing Jacques Pippin. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, let's go into Keller's first book. I opened it up and learning about process for me. Like the details that go into making a stock or making a sauce, for some reason it just clicked. Yeah, brought something to me. Like I don't know why I like reading this. Yeah, I mean I remember wanting to read that book more than most, if not all, of my school books, and it's just like, wow, man, should be uh, cooking, or I could be cooking right now. Yeah, why? Why am I in this class? 
So um, that like brought something out of me that I didn't see like come into fruition until a couple years, probably graduating in 09, probably not till like 2012. And you are already a Christian at this point, yes? Yes. Where's your faith life interacting with this new place that you feel called? Like called is a strong word. I didn't I didn't it was so much of a dream that I was like, Oh, this is fun. Don't touch this. Like wow. don't don't touch this in your life. So it's it, it What's was your like Enneagram a, number? I'm a nine. Okay. okay. So um it was really like one of those things where I really loved and enjoyed. I remember in college, but it wasn't something that I was going to touch or thought I was had the ability to do. Like one of those things where you're just like, oh, this would be cool. This would be something that would be fascinating. But it's like the island that like the plane you have to take to get to the island isn't it's not worth going out to the island. So wow. you, you're just going to like put your binoculars on. And watch as everybody oh else gosh. cooks. Yeah. So it was like one of those experiences where I was just like, uh, eh, put that aside while you finish your econ degree and then go to seminary and then go and teach. Like I I just thought the trajectory was just like that. But not because it wasn't a job, just because you purely thought whatever is burning in me, I can't even go towards. Like you you shouldn't touch that. That's like wow. that's ridiculous. Don't don't do oh, that. Oh Simone, I'm so glad you stopped listening to that. Yeah, it was it was um it was crazy cuz I can remember this is funny. I remember talking to a friend about doing a, lo- a small internship at this restaurant in Memphis called Felicia Suzanne's. Went in the kitchen, saw like all of the working parts. And it was just like, you know, kid and candy store like, what? Yeah. What's it all do? Like what, you know, this is incredible. And so I uh Sold merch for our buddy Ben. Yes, Ben Rector. Yes. Was right. he one of your roommates at the house when y'all did the fall he, fest? He, yeah, he was there. And um, I can. So you were on the road with Ben as his merch guy? I, I did. I sold, <laughs> I, I slung those t shirts. Um, oh, that's great. And I remember coming off the road and I had taken a uh, deferral or like what, you know, a, a small just break from school. And so I was going to go back to seminary at George Fox. Okay. And ben I'm a was huge like, fan of George Fox, by the way. And Ben was like, why don't you cook? There's this place down the road, Burger Up. Oh, because you'd already moved to Nashville. Moved to Nashville. With Ben. With Ben. Now I understand. Okay, so and you so, had moved to Nashville with Ben. so I'm here um, not thinking I'm going to live here. Right. I was just here after, um, for like a couple weeks. Yeah, just after the tour, that after particular tour. tour ended. After that tour ended, and then um, I was like— And it was when Miranda was opening Burger yeah, Up. Yeah, when Miranda was opening up. It was probably a couple years old, not like— Not brand new. Okay. Brand new, but okay, still new enough, where like there was nothing else there. It was yeah. like Burger Up and, and nothing Tap Room on, or yeah, something. Tap Room and Frothy, that was it. Frothy, yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, there's this position opening up at this restaurant. You should go check it out. Yeah. And I'm like, um, they're not going to like— hire someone who's like the experience I've had is has nothing to do with food yeah like nothing like when I was in college I worked at a restaurant and I've been Ben's merch guy yeah <laughs> can like, I cook your burgers don't give the job but anyways and it was like one of those crises where it's, I was just like what are you gonna do with this year mm. are you gonna like 
go and work at this burger restaurant and then like that's it? Yeah. Are you actually going to go to the island? Like someone has offered you a plane ticket. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're going to dive deep and like head out there and like try and build this life for you on this island. Yeah. Like, is that what life is going to look like? And I remember thinking to myself, like, what about the rest? And um, for lack of better words, just answered that what if question that had been running through my head since college. Like, what if you started, like, reading about cookbooks? Or, like, what if you started practicing about food, practicing food a little bit more? And those things, I, I guess, like, concluded with going in a burger up and then starting, like, cooking in different restaurants. Yeah. Cooking some restaurants in Atlanta. and um, You helped open Josephine, right? I was on the opening crew for Josephine, which is in 12 South as well, just down the road from Burger Up. And... That this steak life, at Josephine is one of my favorites. Y'all do a beautiful job on that. It's pretty great. It's rested in a tiny bit of butter, and so it's just beautiful and luscious. But that door was opened. Yeah. And I hadn't haven't looked back since. It was, it was crazy. Mm. There's probably a lot more to that story that I'm, like, leaving out, but it's wild to think that in 2012, I hadn't even thought that this would be a reality. Yeah. Until Ben, who's a big encourager, and even Miranda, who's a big encourager of just, you know, get in here, try it out, see what could happen. So two things I'm learning from your story that I did not know, which this is just so beautiful, is for starters, when there is an island, you've got to tell somebody the island exists. Even if you never go there. Yeah. You should at least, something I write about in 100 Days to Brave is just start. Just do the first thing. Definitely. And sometimes the first, and I think often the first thing is just say to someone, there is this little thing in me that exists. Don't ask me to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Just just know that there's an island. Absolutely. So what would you say to the person? There is someone listening. I promise there's someone listening who's like heart is beating out of their chest because all of a sudden they feel like you see them. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're like, holy crap, I have an island and I don't know what to do with it. And I was just ignoring it until this celebrity chef just told me that I have to acknowledge my island. What should they do? I mean, I would definitely say that when it comes to answering your own like what if question in your life where you have this thing that you look at with binoculars, Uh the 30,000 feet, like can't believe that that's not even a thing you would touch. Yep. I would definitely say it's that first step. Like just, I mean, whether it be asking someone for help or guidance, Mm -hmm. I I think mentorship is like one of the huge principles. And especially as mentorship really got me there Yeah, through like friends and just talking to um, chefs who'd been there, like taking one step, whether that be in, like with action or at least maybe just with your body, like putting yourself in the physical space of a kitchen Mm. and saying, I'm going to give this one week. Like restaurants will accept willing learners. and It's called staging um, in like culinary terms. But like like they'll, they'll accept you as just like a learner. You want to get, you want to come in. 
want to cut some vegetables, they'll accept you. And I, I would definitely say take that first step and see what that does for you. Mm. Is this something you're going to actually want to work on, be diligent and disciplined in day in, day out? That'd be the first thing, just because that island isn't as far as I thought. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. Like it wasn't me. Yeah. There's always access. There's always access. There's always there's always access. You just have to. You are preaching. Put the work into it. Yes. There is always access to the island that houses the dream that you have in your heart. Yeah. Um, Thanks, everybody, for joining us. (laughs) I didn't think we were going to get there with cooking. I was like. Me either. What? That is the very best part of this show to me. That's one of my very favorite things is that I get to sit down with my friends and we have a plan. And then and then you have this story in you that I didn't know. And there are people who are going to change the trajectory of their life. And they will say, I listened to this one podcast with Annie Downs and Simone Kigweba, and I changed everything. And that's exciting. We're not really hanging up. We're really going to keep going. Okay, so that's how you got to Nash. And that's how you got into cooking. That's how I got into cooking. And so now, 2018, and we... Uh, Laura and I got married the end of 2016, and it was this like one of those one of those seasons where I naturally just saw a change coming. Yeah. Didn't, didn't really know what that change was going to be. Yeah, um, had the ability to uh, cook for people on a one-on-one scale, where whether it be a, a dinner party or like a bachelorette or yeah. um, even like a brunch, had uh, people who just wanted my talent in their home yeah and how much of a blessing and how thankful i was to have the ability to take the thing that brings me life the the passion that i have um that was born out of this professional kitchen Mm -hmm. and and bring that into um someone else's home yeah on a scale that i feel is is unique and experiential where you have these the aspects of the restaurant. Yeah. So you, you know, you're not calling for a reservation. You're not dressing up like too crazy. You're just, yeah. you sit at your table and have a unique experience yeah. with your people. Yeah. Which I love. My experience with you cooking, I think it's really fun because I know there are really high profile people that bring you into their home because it's easier to have a dinner party with a ton of country stars in a home. <laughs> and they're also very normal people because you're very gifted and affordable. They're very normal people like an Annie who can have you to do a dinner as well. And I still have this dream of you doing where I can order a meal from you or <laughs> I can do like a weekly. Simone, bring me four salads this week. It's still in my yeah. heart. We're going to get there. Okay, so let's help people. Help yeah. me. Not only with the chicken, but we are going to go there. You're going to tell us how to make a piece of chicken. Why do we eat the way we do? Why have we gotten to where so many things? Because, yeah, yeah, talk about why we yeah. eat the way we do I right think, now. I think, like, there's there's cultural context. Yeah. And I, I mean, we touched on this, but I feel like in the 50s, post-war, yeah. um, you all of a sudden start to see this change. And this change is a lot easier to see in the 80s and 90s, but um, where corporations – are all of a sudden in your kitchen. It's okay. it's not like people didn't know how to cook because obviously in the 30s and 40s, you can read books of about how in the low country mm-hmm. people preserve, pickle, and do all these things with the bounty of 
uh, the summer and the spring yeah. to eat throughout the fall and the winter. Yeah. Um, and those, those techniques and those ways of preserving grains and preserving corn, I feel are lost as we find freezers and fridges. Yeah. So basically technology pushes out our agrarian or more simplistic um, techniques that history and just the need to keep ingesting food yep. that we, like as older generations, just needed to have those techniques. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't eat in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> and so technology, corporations find a way to do, you know, the microwave enters like our lives in the 50s. Or do you 60s. use a microwave? I don't like to use a microwave at all. Yeah, I have a couple of friends who are very anti-microwave. Yeah. So you heat stuff up on the stove. Yeah, it's great. And I think it's people should hear that you and Laura's first house, you had two eyes on your stove yeah. or one? Two eyes. Two eyes and Small. one oven. Yeah. Tiny. Tiny. Tiny Small. ability, to, but you did not use a microwave. You made it work. Made it work. And I always tell this to anyone about, like, you can see what you're doing, whether it be water or a syrup. Like, you see... Um, oh, over a microwave. Over a microwave, you just put something in there, and you don't. You don't I don't, know, I don't know what's going in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, whether it be like roasting a sweet potato, or even, like I said, boiling water. Yeah. At, at least you can see that scientific process where it's just like, oh, it's simmering. Okay, it's it's about to boil. It's boiling. Mm. All those things you miss. How and do you feel about a toaster oven? Toaster oven, I'm okay with. Okay, thanks. I just like, got one for Christmas. I was like going to be really it's sorry. It's like a small broiler. Yeah, yeah. And I was making uh, toast in my real oven, like in the big oven, <laughs> which was stupid. Toaster oven, toast, toaster. Okay, okay right. great. You're fine with those. Okay. And so that historical context just leads us to, I guess, the 80s and 90s having like a wonderful kind of ease to your eating situation mm. where like someone – decided like you need your time back yeah so this is where you're gonna get it at the yeah. table yeah right you're gonna put something in the oven um right when you get home and forget about it and the four of you or the five of you or the six whatever we're gonna sit at the table and you didn't have to cut cook boil it just all like comes hot it's lasagna that's what I was picturing. Yeah, right? Well done. You just put lasagna in there. Yeah. And you pulled it out. You just have no context of what's ricotta? Like yeah. what's pasta made out of? There's like this meat sauce. And what do you put into a tomato sauce? Yeah. Um, or a meat sauce. So and, it's, and so, it's yeah. less that you think everyone should know their cow and more that like we should just learn what a pasta sauce is maybe. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you would be a lot more healthier if you just knew what you're eating. Yes. If you can pick up a box of lasagna, say everything on the back of the box of lasagna, then I think you're you're all right. But if you can't, if there's something weird in there, then I think you or we as a culture should take back our food. Mm. Start looking for ways that um, integrate real whole foods. And I'm just saying an apple. Yeah. And in that way where it's just like, we started with an apple, and we know the process to get to an apple pie. Right. Versus getting an apple pie from the freezer. Exactly. Yes. Um, and I, I think if you start there, 
I feel like the problem with um, kind of like I guess opening up a package and throwing it in the oven is that there's there's just no sense of ownership. Yeah. Um, so what's the happy medium for a mom who's running a family who wants to make lasagna totally. but doesn't get home until 4 and dinner's at 5.30 so, and she doesn't have time to, like, milk the cow to make the ricotta? Not going to ask you to make pasta from scratch. Not going to ask you to make ricotta from scratch. Not going to even ask you to, um, you know, make a tomato sauce. Totally understand that. But I feel like there are ways. Grab just tomato puree. And maybe um, find something like pasta sheets uh-huh. that are pre-made with normal ingredients. Yep. Egg, flour, water, olive right. oil. Right. Just so you're not so far removed from what's going on in that right. lasagna dish. Right. And then there's so many recipes online about just how to layer after you've cooked pasta just like in water. Yeah. Um, your pasta sheets about how to layer lasagna and throw it in the oven. But I think just starting at a place where you know what's going into your food is just the first step. That's and then good. The, and then the second step for that mom, that single mom who's at home and just doesn't have time, um, is being more comfortable in the kitchen. Yeah. I get asked And a shout lot out to by, dads. We bet there are dads who are cooking to too. Who are cooking. Um, yeah. I get asked a lot like, what do I need to do in the kitchen? Like, yes. how, how do I do this? Yes, that is on my list. And I think you you need to be comfortable in your space. Mm. Like, number one thing is don't be afraid of your knife and just make sure your knife is sharp. What's your favorite knife? Do you have a knife that you, like, love that we should have? I just like chef knives. Like, okay. just as long as the— That's sh- the one that's, like, as long as your hand. Yeah, yeah. The blade is as long as your hand-ish. Blade is at least six inches. Okay. Six to 12 inches okay. in that range. We'll link to some in the yeah. blog post. A sharp one of those, a good wood cutting board. Okay. And Ooh, I don't have a wood cutting board. I have plastic. Wood is just a lot. It's easier to clean. And, okay. But plastic's great. Just a good cutting board. Okay. It can be plastic. It can be rubber. You said wood. Stick with it. Be, tell me wood, what. You're wood, the boss right here, Simone. Yeah, wood, the knife, and then just a solid Dutch oven, I would say. Yes, I just used mine yesterday. I um, love a Dutch just oven. Just because... Uh, Dutch oven goes from the stove to the oven just in case you're making a soup yeah. or you're making a chili. You don't have to worry about can this go in the oven or Transferring. not. Transferring. And then a pan of some sort, yeah? And then a pan of some, some sort. Um, so you could yeah. really get by in a kitchen a knife, a cutting board. Dutch oven. Dutch oven, pan. Pan. 12 inch, 8 12 inch. Up. What do you want? Yeah, 8 inch. Teflon, nonstick. Um, oh, y'all should see his face. His face I'm is not, like, ew. Not a fan of the nonstick. Uh, just a metal just, pan. Just a yeah, stainless steel pan. Okay. You don't have to yeah. You can you can do all all you need to do. And, you think? I mean, yeah. Do you want eggs? Done. Do you want uh vegetables? Done. Do you want a soup? Great. Uh do you want a roast? Done. Do you want a roast? Yes. Yeah. It's it's kind of it's kinda of all there. But those are just tools. Yes. Those things are great. If you have some of them and not others, fine. But more, it's just the information that, like, like let's just say a great soup yeah, should start with carrots, celery, and onion. Chopped up, thrown into a pot, a little bit of water, some bay leaves, and then, you know, just bring it all together. Yep. You can season That's that. That's what a chef says, bring it all together, where yeah, I'm like, yeah. what does it mean? And that just, boil it. that means boil it. Thank um, you. 
and you can season that pot with some salt and pepper. Um, and that's like that's a foundation for any kind of soup you want. Any kind of soup you want you you want. Um, I think. Knowing, Why does everyone use celery? It doesn't even taste like anything. What does it do in a situation well, like that? Well, in any situation, and why I even said those three things, you're looking for layers. Okay. Layering is kind of the premise of flavoring anything. Okay. So celery comes out of the earth. It is a root. It makes these wonderful, nice stalks. And so, like, celery root people use to cook as with as well but like the celery stalks we use because of the uh nice i don't know how we would explain the flavor but if carrot is sweet uh-huh onion is acrid uh-huh celery would be the balance got it okay or the thing that kind of offsets those two sure and so we've now just layered um something with something sweet something like acidity or acrid and then Celery, which is nice and base. Sure. Okay. Cool. And and so that's just, it's just layering something. Yeah. And that's just like a basis where if you took that principle Mm -hmm. into cooking, that's everything. Yeah. Because now you understand, okay, I'm, I need to layer this and not just put a bunch of stuff in it. Right. And what does that look like? Let me get something like sweet, like naturally sweet, a carrot, something acidy, bitter, um, and then learning the balance between those mm-hmm, two. Mm-hmm. How do I balance, whether it be like cream or lemon or um, herbs to like get the flavor you want? And then back to time management. Yeah. Like how do you cook something um, that makes sense for the person who doesn't have a lot of time? Right. And one, just staying organized. Um yeah. Are you like a Sunday afternoon prep for the week kind of cooker yeah. guy? Yeah. So I respect that. I think that's good use of time. Those are like I feel like there's in the winter because it's cold, we have like an access to uh, doing some like a Sunday project. Yep. And whether that be a Sunday project or a Saturday project or a Friday project sure. or maybe a Monday evening project, give yourself a project, whether that be like I'm going to make X amount of sweet potatoes Mm -hmm. and at least if you roast off six sweet potatoes for correspondingly like six days till you get back to Sunday at least you can have before you um, sweet potatoes that are roasted and cooked and if you want to peel back the skin for one you can puree it into a soup oh sure or you can have mashed as a side. Yeah, or, you or can mashed. Danielle has an amazing, Against All Grain has an amazing, like, barbecue chicken. Definitely. Buffalo chicken sweet potato recipe that's so good. Where you basically set yourself up by one step. Yes. That will make you want to go back in the kitchen. Yes. Yes. Where it's like, okay, I know I have roasted sweet potatoes yeah. that I did on Sunday. Yeah. I can make chicken. Mm-hmm. And I have the sweet potatoes ready. Or I can make... I made also some uh, vegetable stock, and I can now make a little stew, a can of beans, the sweet potatoes. Like you've built on something that's already done. Right. So I think that would be the the step number one. Give yourself a project at the beginning of the week that can last into for the next six days. Okay. Whereas you're not struggling. Right. 
you should always um, not be cooking from zero, as to say. Yes. Like okay. you, you have something to start with. Okay. And I think if you can do that for yourself, I mean, like whether even if it's just rice mm-hmm. or the spiraler. What is that Spiralizer. called? Spiralizer. Yeah. To make zoodles. Yes. Where you, where I like, love those. You just spiralize some, I don't know, sweet potatoes or butternut squash just to have, mm-hmm. and you keep those Zucchini. on ice water. Ugh. Oh, you so, keep them in ice water in the fridge. That so keeps you, them? So you can keep them throughout the Got it. week. But at least there's like something there where you're yeah. like, okay, I don't have to prep eggs. Do you sit down and write out a menu that for you and Laura, or Laura do it? Do y'all on like Sunday you go okay? So we know we're eating out on Tuesday, and we're you know. Yeah. So like our schedule obviously changes with the client work that I do, but um, I would say we can sit down on Sunday and say, I know Laura will be here x amount of days. Let's plan to do three things on Sunday. Got it. Okay. And then. Go and eat Martin's wings. Oh, listen! How do you get them? Yikes! I, they're I, so good. They're so good. Um, I love smoked wings. I love Martin's smoked wings. I do too. I love the dry rub. That's my go-to there. That's so good. They're so. I had them um, this weekend when I was watching the Titans lose oh, in the playoffs. Man. Could any more of my teams lost? The answer is actually no. All my teams lost last week. And it was such Three a it was such a big high because they had the Chiefs game that yeah. was like so exciting. And yeah. Then, and then gone. Okay, but you didn't answer. So so smoked, do you just like them plain or do you like them dipped in the sauce? Oh, yeah. Smoked wings um, dipped in like their barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweet Dixie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I can support that. Okay, so what – because I think it's such a good goal. When we think about rhythms into our life, I haven't even told you this. The other two rhythms we've talked about this month are journaling and having a Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And so there, there are these really – I want to use the word easy, but they're not easy. They're really small changes that lead to a really big difference in your life. You know, taking a couple of hours to a full day off every week, journaling a little bit every day. They're really small one hits that accumulate to a better life. Tell me a small first step. Is the sweet potatoes, is making four sweet potatoes on a Sunday that first step that's going to change your trajectory a bit? Let's not, like, we can get away from I think if you just—it's a good example, though. It's a great like example, um, but I think if you will just start with a whole food, okay, like something that's that a vegetable out of the ground. that came out of the ground that you are comfortable with. That's the biggest thing. Make sure you're comfortable with the vegetable, so that and don't be afraid to ask or seek help in like figuring out what do you do with a delicata squash or what do you do with a butternut squash because I feel like. Um, just because the avocado or the sweet potato is all of a sudden a health food <laughs> like right. craze doesn't necessarily mean we know how to properly prepare the vegetable. Yeah. And so it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to figure out how to um, properly prepare it. And I'll tell you, I'm on a spaghetti yeah. squash kick like nobody's business. Spaghetti, I love those things. Spaghetti squash is great. You can roast it for 40 minutes. Yep. I love to roast it in olive oil. Okay. Time. Oh, and I salt and done pepper. That. Okay, thyme, salt and pepper. And just cut I do olive oil, salt and pepper right now. Ten and a half. Yep. That's it. And then um, and roast yeah. it face down, right? That's how I do it. Do you I, do them face up? Face up. Why? One, just the caramelization. I feel like happens when you uh, 
have them face down. Uh huh. You know, and so and you it, don't want that. I don't want that. Oh, okay. And I don't want that because I usually kind like to make the spaghetti squash into like a pasta dish. Yes, same. I use um, it instead of pasta. And that works super well because um, you can scoop it out, and it's still blonde. It's not like doesn't doesn't have the caramelization from being face down. Got it. Um, yeah, because there will can, get some crunchy parts when I put exactly. it face down, so I can leave it face up. Leave and it probably up. actually keeps more of the seasoning in it. It mm-hmm. cooks into it more. And another thing to do is you can just do it whole. Okay, and you just throw it in there. You can yeah, wash it off and throw it, and it'll cook. So. Really? And yeah. then you just pull it, and I bet it cuts in half way easier. Because oh, yeah. every time I cut it in half, I feel like I'm cutting a football in half. No, you can cut it in half. And then from there, it's like seasoning a uh, pasta with your olive oil and your salt and pepper. So it's. How else do you use spaghetti squash besides as sub pasta? Sub pasta. Um, recently. I've loved spaghetti squash on top of polenta, which is corn grits. Oh, yeah. Um, Just like a scoop yep. of it on top of. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So Cool. If, you know, all you Southerners. Come on. Corn grits, some spaghetti squash, and a little bit of mushroom. Okay. Um, I want you to say bacon. I couldn't do bacon just because it's super delicious, but um, I was – just trying to make it a lot more lighter. Oh, sure. Okay, okay, okay. For us. Was it a side? It wasn't the main meal? <clears throat> it was the main meal. Oh, okay. And so it was like spaghetti squash, polenta, some mushrooms, and acorn squash. Ah, oh, there you go. Okay. The acorn squash and the mushroom being kind of the meatier yeah. parts of that. And yeah. then, yeah, some herbs and ready to go. For my friends who are listening that are single men or women. Yeah. One of the things that keeps me out of the kitchen is every recipe – like I made a soup yesterday. It's like way too much. Oh my gosh, it's, it's going to last. In fact, much. I'm eating dinner with friends tonight, and I texted and said, uh, "Want me to bring soup?" Because yes. I was like, I still have my Dutch oven half full of soup. Absolutely. So when you were single and cooking, yes, and even you and Laura are two are only two humans. You still don't need a Dutch oven full of soup. No. What's the solution for single people who want to have this new rhythm of being a little more whole food eating in your house eating? But not making massive amounts of something. So this is funny that you bring this up because I was just thinking about because I was clean. I cleaned out our refrigerator on Sunday, and I was thinking to myself, "Wow, like when we cook, we still have like X X amount. How do I decrease waste?" And I think one of like one of those things is either creating this rhythm of planning a. Um, protein-based week, or if you're a vegetarian, a vegetable-based week where you know, okay, I'm going to focus on broccoli this week. Okay. And, I mean, this is this is going to be like one of those things that would have to be a habit. It's like whether you want to or not, uh-huh. you're kind of like Steve Jobs wearing black. You, <laughs> you are going to stop thinking about what you want to yes. eat the rest of the week. Yes, so it's got to be that just to decrease waste, and so you don't have a Dutch oven, but full of soup, of, full yeah, of soup. Just so it's. I like, mean, I'm gonna eat it all. I don't play around. Oh, oh no, it's just going to take me two weeks. I am. That's what I'll do. Okay. That's what I usually do. Is I usually freeze two individual servings. Yeah. I have like the soup things from Chinese restaurants <laughs> that I save when I order my Postmates. Absolutely. And then I fill two of those with soup, and then I have two servings left. Freezing will save your life, yep. and then so 
which I think I, it's important to say because you're not anti-technology. Like no, when you're no, talking no, about no, the no, history no. of food and saying fridges and freezers change the game, you're not saying don't use your fridge and your freezer. No, not, that's that's. I was just saying like they brought in technologies via using scientific methods uh-huh. to start like stockpiling. That's right. Hey, you know, this is quick bread. This is a quick yeah TV tray meals. Yes. But more so, if you if you can set up your week so you're just, hey, I'm going to make some soup, and this is going to bleed into the next two weeks, that's fine. Because you, you knew, hey, I'm going to use one onion, yep. one carrot, and like, you know, yep, that's exactly two, two cups of liquid. Obviously, you're not going to be able to, you know, take down all that soup in one go at it. And so freezing right. it is completely fine. Right. Um, other ways to cook for single people? Other ways to cook for single people. Or small families? Or small families. Um, I would definitely think about like sh- shortcuts for me or like cooking in smaller quantity. Okay. For me would probably be the first. So um, just look at a recipe and it's, if it says. Cut it in half. Makes for eight, just cut it in half. Yes. Yeah. And I know that. Intuitively, it's like, oh, but what if you want leftovers? I always feel like um, as you start to cook more, you will notice this. Recipes are more like a, a guide, not, uh, ne- not necessarily the truth. Yeah, that's good. So, Except in baking, right? You have to stick real close in baking. And baking is more scientific. It's like, yeah, that makes There's sense. There's science to that, but in cooking. But cooking, um, yeah. like I could make butter. With the same um, cream three times in a row and yield something completely different each uh, time. Okay, okay. And I feel like that's the same thing for making a soup. It's not going to necessarily, like eight people might be the metric that yeah. they used. But, but I mean, pe- people eat differently. Like, right. You, you really can't use that. And so I, I would say a lot of it is cut in half, see where you are at the end of that. And would go from there. Yeah. I mean, you can you should cut everything in half. Okay. Like down the recipe. Yes. Like don't, you know, if don't just cut the meat in half exactly. and do all the veg. Right? Yes. I think you and I've talked about this before, but one of the things that I have found makes me live a healthier life in the grocery store is if I just shop the borders. If I don't go in the middle. Oh, that's a good note. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I just shop the borders. Yes. Because that um, kind of keeps me out of So you're just hitting produce, meat, fish, milk and eggs and yeah. Yeah. Staying away from the box stuff. And- yeah. Except randomly, like, I love saltines, so randomly having one or two things. But I also don't really eat gluten, and I am allergic to dairy. And so my life is probably different than some people who are. But the, the other problem is it's hard to eat inexpensively and eat healthily and eat whole foods. Oh, yeah. I would definitely, like, and I know this goes without saying, but eating healthily doesn't necessarily mean you are like at Whole Foods, yes. And this is this is one of those speak that word. This is one of those things where like, well, we're in January, and so it would be crazy to think that you could eat um, tomatoes, right, <laughs> right. And so one of the things is when you shop, is just being cognizant of where you are in like on the calendar. On the calendar, you know, there's an app. That yeah. I used to have. I think you told me about it, actually. I think, yeah, yeah. Um, that tells you what. Foods in season. Yes. I just think that, like, going after something, like, in in that way is a lot 
easier on your pocketbook and in in terms of like what is actually produced because we we live in America. Yeah. If you wanted a tomato in the middle of the winter, you could get it. But I also think there is a spiritual, for me, there is a spiritual aspect of only eating what is in season. Yeah. Because you go like, I can't have everything I want. No. But I can make something beautiful out of what I have. And I feel like in the winter, if you, if you do abide in that, um, you start to create something a lot more flavorful mm. and a lot more focused. Yeah. Because you our understanding, okay, this is what we can have. Yeah. And we're going to actually just be here. And that's like, that's, I mean, that's like a contentment, but it's just, it's really true. You're not going to eat things of the summer in the winter or of the spring in the fall. You're going to just stay true to that season Mm. and live in that season. And Listen, if people could just learn to stay true to their season. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and you me too, me too, would find that. a lot more um, commitment just because you know what you're going to go after in the supermarket. Yeah. Or you know that, um, like, yeah, I'm not going to eat a tomato in January. I'm not going to mess around with um, peaches. Like yeah. right, right I'm not going to eat clementines in July. Exactly. I'm going to eat the mess out of them in December and January. Yes, yes. Yeah. Just, just learning the calendar. A, and it's cheaper, asparagus. is what you're and, saying. And it's and it's oh, when cheaper. is asparagus? Spring. Spring. Okay. And those things, you will notice uh, as you like continue cooking at home. We're like, okay, it's December. What's our list like? You, you know, at the beginning of the list, what are we going to go and cook for the week? X, Y, and Z. Those things are available at Kroger. Those things are available at if if you have means at Whole Foods. Those things are available at Publix. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, Anywhere that groceries yeah. can be purchased. And then, you And know, staying in season are the ones you're going to see sitting out there. Yeah. yeah. And one thing I always tell clients, and it's just like, it's it's very true. If you want to eat in season, go to the farmer's market. Yeah. And it's not like you're buying, but you're going to see what's being grown and what you can actually eat. So our neighborhood farmer's market only exists May to October. Where do you go October to May? October to May. Um, to the I one go, on Rosa I go, Parks? I go directly to farms around town. Oh, classic. And so, Hashtag I mean, things normal people can't do, Simone. Yeah, that's, that's just like obviously <laughs> not what people who aren't in my position are right. going to do, obviously. Right. But from the spring into the fall, like spring, summer, fall, if you can go into one of those places just to see what's there, mm-hmm. what I do and what's easy is just talking to a farmer. Hey, what's available like during the winter? Yeah. Like what what comes up during the winter? Okay, you're not doing the local thing, but at least you talk to Farmer Dan and he told you sweet potato, kale, squashes, all of that. Allulums, which is just like onions, gar- uh-huh. all that stuff. Carrots are still coming up. Leeks are coming up. You have at least a roadmap of, oh, Farmer Dan told me that this is where I can go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you just have you just have that information. And, and just about everywhere has a farmer's market, yeah. especially all the big cities. But I'm even I feel like a lot of even smaller cities are starting to absolutely have a local farmer's place of some sort. And just as you would get information from your doctor about 
medical things, that's a resource. Oh, that's a great that's a great line. And so and it's a resource that is like for you. Yeah. We all need sustenance. Yeah. Why and are you not free. talking to the farmers? Yeah. It's, and they come out there every week. Yeah. With their hard earned bounty. Yeah. For the populace. It's a resource that more people should utilize and not in just consuming but mentally. And long before you married one of my roommates, that's where I used to see you all the time. Was all it the South Farmers Market? Yeah. I always be like, and I always knew that whatever you were getting at the farmers market were the salads at Burger Up. Yeah, yeah. that was what I, I was always like. Whatever Simone's down here getting is what he's going to walk back up the hill, up the street, and cook into yeah. the food at Burger Up. And that, that was used to, special. yeah, it was really special. It was a real, real interesting season. Okay, so speaking of Burger Up, mm. tell me. Your favorite meal in Nashville. Ooh. Okay. And it cannot be from a restaurant you've ever worked at. Gotcha. Because that's um, unfair to your former yes. so employees. My favorite it. meal. I went to the Catbird Seat and had the Catbird Seat is just like the tasting menu only. Like a couple years ago. I would say like two years ago. And the meal was incredible. But it was a specific dish. They had this pasta dish, okay. this agnolotti, and it's like a song or a word or a book. Like to this day, it just sticks in my mind. Like the flavoring and the sauce. I wanted like it came in this ceramic bowl and the spoon. I remember it had this like black tip to it. Like it, it was this vivid memory because it was that good. Mm. And I just can remember just, like, sopping it all up. Yeah. And the whole, you know, I'm over the moon for this dish. I, I just want more of just that thing is is my most favorite dish. What was in it ever. that did that to you? Do you remember that much? I mean, I'm sure you remember it. It but... was a pea agnolotti. Um, I don't know what that word means. Pea, like the sweet pea. Oh, thank you. Or, like, peas and carrots. Yes. Um, agnolotti is this pasta that, like, pillows. So it's pasta dough that has been rolled and then pressed, mm. and it looks like farfalle, except uh-huh. it's filled. Okay. And it, it was it was unbelievable. Best food experience I've had. Catbird seat. I haven't been yet, but I'm I'm a little scared of those restaurants that are tasting menus where you, you don't show know up. what's happening. Yeah, only because I'm allergic to dairy, and I feel like I'm going to ruin their experience as the chef. I'm always like, you're going to hate that I'm the person who shows up because you can't do what you... I feel like the consumers, and this is something that's just an idea, but maybe 90% of the restaurant experience is the experience. Right. So, Oh, if I believe you, in that so much. If you are a chef, the one thing that you should carry as paramount is that whether it be allergen or allergen-free people... Uh-huh. Their experience is both safe and incredible. Got it. You never want your um, person or your customer, your guest, to come into your place of work and not feel safe. Because okay. I couldn't imagine. Like, I'm just thinking about parents out there. Yeah. And so many parents with kids who have allergies. Right. Going to a restaurant where they don't know if their child's safe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I would feel like, especially at a tasting menu place, that chef just has to just has to really care because it's more, yeah. it's more of a 
life quality thing where, uh-huh. where your guests feel safe right. in your restaurant. Right. We are for you. Right. <laughs> I want you to feel safe if you come yeah. and eat in my restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I, f- I feel a lot of the public should have that mentality and not the I'm a burden. I can't right. eat anywhere. Right. Because of uh, the allergies that I have. And it's like, no. I want you to come in here and feel safe and have a good time. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go to Catbird's Eat. Go, go, to, my... go to any restaurant. Um, I mean, heck, go get some City House stuff. Oh, Same thing. City House. City House is delicious. That's my spot. Yeah. If 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 I can talk someone into taking me to City House, I'm a happy woman. Oh man, I just love that place. It's so good. Are you? What's the chef's name? Tandy. Tandy Wilson. I've never um, met Tandy officially. I knew his old. Sous chef, yeah, moved on to another restaurant, but um, I just think he's brilliant. the The way that menu changes so seasonally good. is one of my. It is probably what started me on recognizing there mm-hmm. is beauty to seasonal eating. Yeah, was what City House does with their menu. Absolutely, so. absolutely. So it's so, it's such well done food, and I'm absolutely floored every time I go there. It's yeah, just, it's really good. Same, same. I'm never disappointed, Simone. Well done, bud. Wow. What a great rhythm to help us add to our lives. I feel like I... This is great. Yeah, you're great. We ask one final question on the podcast Mm -hmm. because it's called That Sounds Fun. We want to know what sounds fun to you. What's fun for Simone Kigweba on a normal... Today's Thursday when the show comes out. So on a normal Thursday, what's fun for Simone? Gosh. Waking up and the, the knowledge of something's to come. Uh Uh-huh. Like... I guess anticipation just really – so I don't care what it is. Yeah. You just like waking up and there's something that day. Like like the anticipation for me, I, I get so easily excited. Yeah. <laughs> so easily excited. And so if I wake up Thursday and I know I'm going to Jenny's mm-hmm. or like I know I'm, like I'm going to go get an ice cream sandwich, yeah. like that will thrill me to no end. Yeah. Just like, yeah, any day, the anticipation – of something of Jenny's ice cream, <laughs> of Jenny's ice cream, or like anything in that echelon, I'm done. I'm like, dude, our Jenny's on 12 South has a chocolate dairy free, like a dark chocolate dairy free ice cream they've made that's mm. almond and coconut. I think. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You cannot believe that there's not cow's milk in there. I mean, it's beautiful. It's art, is what it is. What they, you do and what they do, what Tandy does. I think of. I've never been to French Laundry, but I've been to Farmstead mm-hmm. in Napa, yeah. Temper Grill in South Bend um, in Indiana, um, a restaurant in my hometown called Aspen. There, It is people doing art. Like, those are the Instagrams I follow. Like, I follow Temper Grill on Instagram. Definitely. Because definitely. he puts up beautiful, Sean, the chef, puts up these beautiful pictures of what he's doing. Oh, yeah. You know? And I just think, man, y'all are artists. It's an unending education. Mm. Being like a chef art. is an unending education. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a good word. I think I got that out of a book. I'm pretty sure I did. But um, we'll give you the credit. I don't care. It's an incredible art, but um, a frustrating one at the same time. Just, mm. and I'm sure you, the struggle with the edits or yeah. or the struggle with the plate. Um, you start each day or with a sheet of paper mm-hmm. or with a blank plate. Yeah, and you figure out through the creative process how to put some of yourself 
on that plate or on that piece of paper. And getting to that beautiful picture is awesome. Yeah. But the process can be arduous, but also, um, I guess, fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The island was worth it. The island was worth it. Once you take that step. Hey, as a friend who has watched your journey, but also as a friend who gets to eat your food, Mm -hmm. the island was worth it. Thanks. Thank you for taking the risk to ask what if this was more than just something in my heart. Mm. Because you have not only impacted, it's not only impactful for me to watch you as your friend go after your dream, it is also, you have impacted our community probably more than you realize. And um, and you've changed Nashville. And you thought you were just a merch guy who took a job at Burger Up. But I, I genuinely think you've you've shaped our culture here with your food. That's very kind. Thank so, you. I'm really grateful. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Ah, oh, friends, don't you love Simone? I know. I know. I have so many things to think about, including how I want to use my sweet potatoes that are waiting for me at home. Hey, you can keep up with Simone on socials, and Maggie will link to this, but I'll spell his name for you as well. It's Simone Kigweba, S-I-M-O-N-I. K-I-G-W-E-B-A. And his website is SimoneKigweba.com. That's also his Instagram and Twitter is Simone Kigweba. So he's one of my favorite followers, just like I was telling you, some of the other restaurants like Tempered Grill that I love to follow in Farmstead and Napa that are just uh, inspire my art. Simone will do the same for you. He also taught me how to make delicious avocado toast on his Insta story. So uh, you will never know what he is going to teach. So make sure you check him out. Give him a follow. And if you are in Nashville or around Nashville and would like to hire him to come in and do a meal for your family, come in and do maybe teaching your friends some things about cooking. Or if you want to throw a big party and have him come in as the chef, he is easy to book and super affordable and absolutely worth every penny. Just go to SimoneCugueva.com and you'll be able to do that there. A couple of fun announcements. I've seen so many of you who started 100 Days to Brave on January 1. So you are now entering the 20s if you're listening to this when the show comes out on Thursday, January uh, 18th. So you should be around actually day 18th, but anywhere in there. Hey, keep up. Don't give up. We're going to get all the way to day 100 by April 10th. So stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. And it's not too late to start. If you have just gotten the book or if you're about to get the book, hop on Amazon, go to your local bookstore, grab a copy and jump in with us. It is so fun to see. I mean, my entire um, Instagram tags right now are people tagging me doing the book and I love it so, so much. Um, Another fun announcement that I have not been able to make yet that I'm really excited about is I am joining the cast of the Relevant Podcast. If you don't know Relevant, I I bet you do. It is a magazine about faith and culture, and, and it is just amazing. They're based out of Orlando. It's been around forever. Their podcast is like over 10 years old. I actually have been a faithful listener since long before I moved to Nashville, And so now it feels like such an honor to be part of the cast. So our show comes out on Thursdays, the That Sounds Fun show, and you can get the relevant podcast on Friday. So make sure you hop over there and subscribe to them. I will be on there just about every week acting ridiculous with three of my favorite dudes, Cameron Strang, Eddie Koffeltz, who you know and love from multiple episodes of That Sounds Fun, and Jesse Carey, and uh, Chandler Strang as well. So there's actually four of them and me, and we have... (laughs) 
I mean, we just laugh a lot, you guys. I act like a Yahoo. You're going to be very proud of me. So make sure you have subscribed to that. If you have any questions for Simone or me, make sure you just either use the hashtag That Sounds Fun Podcast. Remember, it's four words, That Sounds Fun Podcast, or just directly tweet at Simone and me and we can... I mean, I'll just listen, but Simone will try to answer some of your questions about cooking and chefery and what kind of knife you need in your kitchen. Is chefery even a word? Chefery is a word that I will use. Simone Kigway, but my favorite in the chefery world. Hey, if you need to find me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs everywhere. F as in fancy or frankincense or falala or Atlanta Falcons womp. Annie F. Downs, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, website, AnnieFDowns.com. And if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing the show, it really, really helps. It puts it in front of eyes of people who may really be interested in what we're talking about, but just don't know that we exist. So, hey, and if you have friends who you know love talking about food and eating seasonally and knowing local great restaurants, why don't you share this episode with someone that you think might really love hearing about what it would look like to bring in a rhythm of eating a little bit differently this year in a way that honors us and honors food and in some ways honors the planet and how it intends to feed us. So I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you cook some food for yourself next week and go out there and do something that sounds fun to you. I will see you guys next week.